All right, everybody. I hope you are all in for a loaded weekend here on the Closing Tack Network because I am recording this on a Friday. And I'm telling you right now, over the next three days, there's going to be three separate podcast episode drops. So keep that in mind as you're being hit by notification, push notification hell from your favorite podcast provider or YouTube. Speaking of YouTube and push notifications, be sure to like this video, hit the bell for notifications and subscribe to the channel. That way you are notified every time a video is dropped. So with that out of the way, we can finally put an end to Detroit Watch and to Doc Watch because as of right now, March 1st, 2024, the Detroit Pistons are at nine wins and 49 losses, which means even if they lose out for the rest of the season, which I don't think they will, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. They will avoid the worst record in NBA history. Barely. But they'll avoid it. They will successfully avoid infamy. Sorry, Charlotte Bobcats fans. You're still the worst team in NBA history. And... I don't think they're going to lose out because A, teams are basically giving up on the season left and right. No names mentioned. The Utah Jazz. And never mind the worst record in NBA history. Right now, the Detroit Pistons don't even have the worst record in the NBA today. That distinction belongs to the Washington Wizards, who have one more loss than they do. So there's that. And Doc Rivers, well, he is now 7-7 seven and seven as the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks on a nice hot four-game winning streak. So, we can officially put an end to both of those. Before I get to the main reason why I've decided to record a Sports Talk or Sports Central episode, I wanted to bring up the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, as you probably already know, the Clippers are going to be moving into a brand new arena next year. Well, in a few months. They've all but officially played their last road game. I'm using air quotes. Against the Los Angeles Lakers at Staples Center. As co-tenants of Staples Center. Well... Now it's called, uh, what's it called again? Um, Crypto Arena or whatever the hell it's called. To me, it will still be Staples Center. Just like all those years that the Jazz were playing at a building called Energy Solutions Arena or Vivint Arena or whatever name it was being called, it was always the Delta Center. They've only recently confirmed and made it official that it's still the Delta Center. But what you probably don't know, unless you've been following the news this week, is that the Los Angeles Clippers will be moving into the Intuit Dome, which is a gorgeous looking building, gorgeous looking stadium. Do yourselves a favor and Google Intuit Dome. That's I-N-T-U-I-T Dome. 
If you don't know how to spell dome, blame the public education system. Google it and marvel at its magnificence. But you probably don't know that they're moving into this new building in a few months with a completely new look. Like we're talking complete and total rebranding. We're talking about ditching the Microsoft Word paint looking pile of shit that they call a logo and the wannabe hip gangster South Central look for their uniforms. All of that's going away. They are embracing their history. They're embracing their, you know, roots. And they're going back to the actual Clippers look. Not, not the Clippers look that looked like they were actively trying to mimic their big brother, the Lakers. Now, if you don't know, and many don't, even I didn't know this until several years ago. The name Clippers, first of all, the team originally started in Buffalo as the Buffalo Braves. But when they moved to San Diego back in, I think it was like the, either the late 70s or early 80s. When they moved to San Diego, they renamed the team to the Clippers. Now, the reason why it's called the Clippers isn't like hair clippers or nail clippers or anything like that. It's the type of ship that they wanted to kind of embody as the team's mascot. But a clipper is a type of ship. I don't know exactly what kind of ship it is, but most of the original artwork and the original logo work, when they originally moved to San Diego, this was before they moved to Los Angeles, was revolved around this particular type of ship. So when they decided to rebrand very recently, I think it was like within the last year, they decided to go back to that particular look. So if you go online, I won't pull it up here because I've got internet issues right now. If you pull it up online, you will see that there is the, the new logo is going to be a circle and the circle is going to resemble kind of a rose type of emblem. But inside that rose looking emblem is going to be the clipper ship. So it's looking really nice. Like I will commend the Los Angeles Clippers uh, marketing department. They are doing an excellent job with this rebrand. Unlike some teams, again, no names mentioned, the Jazz. Had a little pent up frustration with them right now. Just a little. But they will be keeping the red, white, and blue color scheme. But it's going to be different shades of blue and white, or blue and red. So instead of like the the uh, very basic, very generic uh, blue and red that they've got now, it's going to be kind of like a darker, almost burgundy type of red. And it's going to be more of a sea blue, like deep ocean blue, not like really bright blue, but more like a darker ocean type of blue. So again, I encourage everybody that's listening to this or watching this to go online, look up the Los Angeles Clippers rebrand. Also look up Intuit Dome. That's again, I-N-T-U-I-T Dome. And yes, it is named after the uh, company that owns QuickBooks and uh, TurboTax and all that. 
they bought the naming rights to the stadium even before they broke ground. So go online, look those up, and just be amazed. I, I honestly think, I know it's blasphemy and heresy for someone to say this, but I think in a few years, the Clippers might actually be on equal ground as a team in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Maybe not in terms of banners being hung from their stadium, but it'll at least be on equal footing, especially if LeBron drags the Lakers further into the ground than he's already done. Which I have thoughts about LeBron here in a bit. But let's get to the main reason why I'm recording a podcast episode today. So there's a lot of rumblings and a lot of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A lot of rumors regarding professional uh, sports teams in the United States and the insatiable need to move into a new arena. Right now, there's over a dozen sports teams if you combine the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the MLS. There's over a dozen teams right now that are either actively looking to get into a new arena, actively looking to move out of a city because the city refuses to give them a new arena, or are currently in talks with state legislatures and city legislatures about funding a new arena. And I'll only name the ones that I can name off the top of my head. Right now, the biggest one is the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL. And I know that's a big one because right now, there's a lot of rumors, especially here in Utah, about the Coyotes moving here. And the biggest reason the Coyotes are moving is because the state of Arizona is refusing to uh, introduce a uh, tax increase to fund a new arena. And so, I mean, basically, they've already, you know, shelled out so much money for that gorgeous looking stadium. I know it's a little old. But it's still a gorgeous looking arena for the Arizona Cardinals, the NFL team. I've always been fascinated and enamored about that arena. I always have. Especially when you consider the history of the Cardinals and, you know, what kind of arena they were playing in before. In the dead of summer. In the middle of a desert. And of course, they're still paying the tap for um, the Phoenix Suns. So when the Arizona Coyotes were trying to get a new stadium, the state of Arizona is like, uh, no. Number one, you're not that good of a team. Number two, we just barely got done footing the bill for that gorgeous new stadium for the Cardinals, which is no longer new. And number three, we're still footing the bill for the Suns. So no, you're not getting any money from us. So the the Coyotes are practically moving. It's just a matter of where. Right now, the biggest two, um, no, the biggest uh, yeah, the biggest two destinations or rumored destinations are Salt Lake City, Utah, and Boise, Idaho. Now, Boise is in no way, shape, or form ready to support a professional sports league. But Salt Lake City has been making a big push to bring the Coyotes here. 
which of course ties into another team that is right now going through arena issues and that is of course the formerly oh well i guess they're still in oakland for one more year the oakland a's major league baseball team right now the going plan is for them to move to las vegas permanently so they'll be the las vegas athletics or las vegas A's. Which, if you're just going to go that route, you might as well just rename the team. It's too closely related to the current WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces. But right now, there's one problem. Las Vegas doesn't have an arena right now. And they're not scheduled to have an arena for at least four more years. So what do the A's do once their lease is up at the Oakland arena? Well, that's where Salt Lake City steps in. Right now, there's a huge push for the city of Salt Lake to uh, build a new arena for its minor league team, the Salt Lake Bees as well as build an in a major league baseball ready arena to a show the world that they can be ready for major league baseball and also b kind of help a neighbor out so the idea right now from my understanding is that uh ryan smith the owner of the jazz Majority owner of the Jazz, I should say, not the sole owner. In conjunction with one of the minor owners, uh, former NFL player J.J. Watt. Yes, that J.J. Watt. They are going to try and collaborate on building a new Major League Baseball-ready arena. which of course ties into the third team that I can name off the top of my head right now, and that is the Utah Jazz. Right now, as I mentioned before, the Jazz play in an arena called the Delta Center, which is the same Delta Center that they made famous back in the 90s. It's just gone through some renovations and name changes and that sort of thing. But... It is still a 35-year-old arena, which by NBA standards is ancient. In fact, it is, if not the oldest arena in the league, it's probably in the top three oldest arenas in the league. Actually, no, it's not the oldest arena. That belongs to Madison Square Garden. So... Right now, as we speak, Utah state legislatures are currently discussing a tax hike to help fund a new downtown Salt Lake City entertainment district, which would encompass an NBA team, like an NBA arena which would be the home for the jazz but also a separate arena for an nhl team which is rumored to be the new home for the coyotes that will also have like shops and restaurants and that sort of thing so it'll be like a, one of those multi-purpose type of areas where people can just walk from area to area and, you know, get their eat on before they go to the game. Which I've long argued that that's what the Delta Center needed. That's what the Gateway was originally supposed to be about. But people have found walking across a busy street from the Gateway Center to the Delta Center to be a bit 
taxing. Granted, this will not be better, but at least they will not have to worry about, um, you know, traffic and whatnot. Now, here's my question. Right now, where the Delta Center is, you have two major public transit lines. If you don't know the geography of Salt Lake City, there's a public transit system called tracks, which is basically light rail. And this light rail takes people from the airport to downtown, to the University of Utah, to uh, this area called Daybreak, and areas in between. Two of those major lines pass through the, like, right next to the Delta Center. In fact, they have a train stop right outside the arena. So how are they going to incorporate that into this new entertainment district? So since you're on probably Google looking up the Clippers rebrand and into a dome, look up the proposed entertainment district uh, proposal for the Utah Jazz and Ryan Smith. And yeah, I'll, I'll let you decide on how they're going to incorporate all this, especially when you've still got the Salt Palace Convention Center, which is, I mean, yeah, it's the old Salt Palace, the arena the Jazz used to play in before the Delta Center was built. But right now it's being served as a convention center, which is where they hold a lot of the major conventions that come through town, especially Fan X, which used to be Salt Lake Comic Con. So they're probably going to have to tear something down first before they start building. And they're not tearing down the newly created City Creek Center. So in all likelihood, they're probably going to tear down Gateway. Especially if, you know, the homeless situation is continuing to get worse. And they're probably going to have to do something to kind of help mitigate some of that. So that's the third arena that's currently being talked about. Another big one kind of bouncing all over the place right now, going back to the NFL is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now they're playing, I can't remember the name of the arena, but it's not really a good arena. From my understanding, it's a pretty terrible arena. But the Khan family, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, are in talks with Florida state legislators to potentially fund a new arena for Jacksonville. But if you know both geography and economics in the area, Florida is one of the states in the U.S. that doesn't have income tax of any kind. It's one of the reasons why billionaires like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are moving there. So they can avoid paying taxes, or at least state taxes. So there's a lot of rumors and speculations going around that Jacksonville may end up losing the Jaguars. And if they end up losing the Jaguars, where are the Jaguars going to move to? No, they're not moving to Utah. Utah may be Major League Baseball ready. Utah may be NHL ready. They are <clears throat> they're never going to be NFL ready. That's just the reality of the situation. As long as this state's major 
predominant uh, belief system believes that you should never work on Sundays or do anything other than attend church and family functions on Sundays, Utah will never be NFL ready. That's just the reality of it. Nor would I want an NFL team coming here. If that's going to be people's mentality. So that leaves some other areas. I mean, they could always move to St. Louis. It's not like St. Louis has tried and failed with the NFL before. It's not like St. Louis still has that old arena that the Rams used to play in. They could move the team to uh, I'm trying to think of where else they would move the team to before I give the big rumor. I mean, they could always move it to Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. They could always move it to uh, Memphis, Tennessee, but you still have the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans are also going through their own arena issues. I don't know what the na the exact situation is with the Titans. I think they're still trying to improve, approve a tax increase in the state of Tennessee. But it sounded to me when I last checked, and that was probably two weeks ago, that uh, Tennessee's practically ready to go for a new arena. But um, the big rumor, I am not sure how logistically they're going to be able to pull this off. The big rumor is London. Right now, as you probably know, the NFL has uh, games in London, but if you know the strategic and scheduling um, situation with the London games, they either have the team that's playing in London or the teams that are playing in London for that particular week, either the week before or the week after that team or those teams uh, take a bye week. So logistically, I don't know how realistic having an NFL team that calls London home is going to be. I guess what they could do is they could have all of the London team's road games, quote unquote, um, either in Germany or all in one big blotch on the schedule. And then, no, because that wouldn't even work. So I was going to suggest have some home games at the beginning of the season. Take a week to go fly into the States. Have your road games. Take a week off to fly back to London. Because, but then that would cause the need to have two off weeks. Which, if you know the NFL schedule, each team is only allowed one bye week. And that's for scheduling purposes. So if they were to move a team to London, they would almost certainly have to have teams... They would almost have to restructure the schedule so that teams can have two bye weeks. 
So then that way the London team can take a week off to fly into the States so they can start doing their road trip or, or I should say, and then take a week off to fly back home to start getting ready for the rest of their home games. But even then, logistically, what's going to happen if, say, for instance, this new team, be it the Jaguars or whoever, end up making the playoffs and then end up having a road game in the first round, either be it in the wild card or divisional round. And then the next round, they're the home team. I don't know if logistically that would work. So there's a lot of logistical, you know, it's a logistical nightmare, basically is what I'm trying to say. So unless they figure something out, I don't think the Jaguars moving to London is going to be viable. Now, they could always move to Orlando. Because right now, Orlando doesn't have a team. They could move to Tallahassee, who also doesn't have an NFL team. There are options. Alabama is an option. Austin, Texas is an option. San Antonio, Texas is an option. I mean, how insane would it be if the NFL had three Texas teams? The Cowboys, the Texans, and either San Antonio or Austin. That would be wild. The last team I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of a, I don't know if this is something that fans of this particular team need to worry about right now, but it's something that's coming down the pipeline. And that is the recent Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. So I just got done watching a video. This is kind of what spurred this whole conversation. I just got done watching a video that uh, talked about Arrowhead Stadium, which is where the Chiefs play. Now, right now, the main thing is that the state of Missouri uh, just recently paid or recently got done paying a tax increase from 2006 to renovate Arrowhead Stadium. Now the Chiefs are proposing that the state of Missouri introduce yet another tax hike for yet another renovation. Now there's rumors, there's been rumors for two years now that if the state of Missouri isn't willing to play ball, which given the fact that they forced two teams out of the town of St. Louis in the last 50 years, not exactly a great track record. The uh, Chiefs could potentially move to Kansas. I don't know where in Kansas they would move to without it causing a major issue, but that is an option. The Kansas Chiefs doesn't have that same ring to it, I guess you could say, as the Kansas City Chiefs. But that doesn't happen until 2031. So I don't think people are going to necessarily need to worry too much about the Chiefs moving just yet. Plus, if, I, if they end up winning three in a row next year, 
like Patrick Mahomes is wanting to do, they may never have to worry about the Chiefs leaving ever. So that's that topic. The LeBron topic. This is something that I've kind of been sitting on now for the last month, month and a half. And I've been sitting on it because I've been debating about even bringing it up. Because I am of the belief that a family's private life is a family's private life. And that the public, like TMZ, ESPN, all these media outlets, have no fucking business intruding in family business. But when you're LeBron James, some would argue that he is the greatest basketball player of all time. I beg to differ. But that's my opinion. I will respect yours if you respect mine. Cool? Deal? Cool. LeBron James. His son, Bronny, whose legal name, and I only learned this a couple weeks ago, is LeBron James Jr., He has been going through some issues. Now, if you've been following the story, Bronny started his year, his uh, first, his freshman year at USC with almost a hell-like situation. He had what many would consider a cardiac episode. In fact, many are calling it cardiac arrest because of a defect in his heart. This kid, this 18-year-old kid, is lucky to be alive today. And I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be uh, hilarious. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm being genuinely serious when I say this kid is lucky to be alive. So LeBron going on ESPN even after all this happened and trashing mock drafts for not having his boy on the mock drafts because let's face it, he's not having a very good year right now. It was like two weeks ago, he scored exactly zero points against Colorado if he can't even score a single point against Colorado, what makes you think he's going to do any better against the Washington Wizards? Here's my thoughts on Bronny. I don't think his heart's in it. And there's a lot of players that I can say that about right now that are playing in the NBA today. Guys like Ben Simmons. I don't think Bronny's heart is in it. I know that his father, Mr. LeBron, Mr. Golden God, according to some people, I know that he's pushing for it. And I know this because he's constantly saying, I need to play with my boy before I retire. I need to be on the same floor with my boy before I retire. And he's not getting any younger. 
he is quickly, if he's not already 40, he's quickly approaching 40. So the pressure has got to be insane. And I don't know if his heart's in it. And I say that because you would think over the course of a six, seven, eight month collegiate season that he would show improvement, especially as young as he is and as determined as his father is. But if anything, he's gotten worse. And I say that he's probably he probably doesn't have the heart to continue going because as I mentioned before, this kid's lucky to be alive. You know, never mind basketball, never mind the NBA. He's just lucky to be alive. And for LeBron, and with all due respect, with LeBron going all LeVar ball on him and trying to, you know, push this narrative, I need to play with my boy. I need my boy in the NBA today. If he was on the Lakers today, he would help win right now. Yeah, that's a laughable fucking statement. I don't know if he feels like he even has the option to tell his father no. I had a cardiac fucking arrest. I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't even be alive, much less in the NBA. So no, I'm not going to be on the same floor with you. I'm not going to be in the NBA. I can barely score points against lower level college teams. What makes you think I'm going to be any better in the pros? You know, the more and more that I hear LeBron talk, the more I see LeBron on my you know, YouTube, the more that I see LeBron in the media, the more I'm beginning to resent him. Because he's making all of this. He's making the chase for 40,000. Right now, he's only nine points away from 40,000. And he's scheduled to play in a big ABC game tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets at home. He's making this big push about 40,000 points. He's going to be the only player in NBA history to have 40,000 points career-wise. He's making everything. The push for 40,000, the Lakers season, the Lakers trying to get this person, that person, this person, that person. Bronny possibly coming up to the pros. He's making it all about him. You can argue with me. You can hit me up in my mentions or in my email, Raul, at theclosingtag.com. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. LeBron James is the epitome of that saying from the Dark Knight, Harvey Dent. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. LeBron James, as great as he is, I have said repeatedly, he is the most physically gifted and athletic human being I have ever seen. And I'm old enough to remember Bo Jackson. 
I'm old enough to remember Deion Sanders before he was the coach at Colorado. LeBron James may be the most physically gifted athlete I've ever seen. But that does not excuse him from doing what he's doing. That does not give him a free pass for making brawny struggles both with life and with his college career all about him. I compare him to LeVar Ball for a good reason. Because he's the one guy that made Lonzo and LaMelo and Leangelo his three boys. He made their situations all about him. And LeBron is doing the exact same fucking shit to Bronny. He does not get a pass for that. He is officially evolved or devolved, I guess you could say, into softball dad. You know the one. The one that's at the games and yelling at the refs and the coaches and everybody saying how great his kid is when his kid looks so miserable. His kid looks like he would rather be anywhere in the world but there. And this dad at the softball games is trying to live his failed dreams vicariously through his kid. Now, LeVar, that's an apt analogy. But with LeBron, again, 40,000 points, four NBA championships, multiple MVPs. Some would argue the greatest of all time. He's in my top five. But he's not number one for me. It doesn't make sense for him to want to live vicariously through his son. Because he's already lived, he's already done it all. But he wants to play with his son. He wants to do the one thing that no NBA player has ever done. And that is play alongside their son. There have been plenty of NBA players that have had, you know, their offspring go on to have great basketball careers. Mike Conley. Bill Lane Beer, Carl Malone, uh, Greg Anthony, whose son Cole right now is playing for the Orlando Magic. You know, you have all these players that have gone on to have sons or daughters play for the pros. LeBron may ultimately achieve that as well. I just don't think it's going to be Bronny. I just don't know if Bronny either A, has the physical or athletic ability, or B, even has the will or the heart. And I'm not saying that to be an asshole. I'm saying that you know, as someone that is genuinely concerned for his well-being, never mind as a basketball player, as a human being. And I could go on for another 20 minutes about how I think this is a huge mistake for LeBron to put this much pressure on. Honestly, if LeBron were to tire immediately after his push for 40,000. Or if he were to retire after this season, I would have a lot more respect for him. 
thing if we were to continue to push this thing because this screams like a selfish move. He would be better served to just hang it up now and to let Bronny do what he needs to do. If that means he needs to spend four years at USC, great. If that means going to the G League, great. He is not Los Angeles Lakers ready. He is not NBA ready. He's not going to be for a while. Not even close. He's barely college ready. He's probably not even G League ready. And I'm looking at this from a human being perspective. I know he's Bronny. I know he's LeBron James Jr. I know his father has more money than God. LeBron James may end up being an owner one of these days. He's already talked about how he wants to own the expansion franchise for Las Vegas. When, not if, the NBA is ready to expand to Las Vegas. I know that he's talked about that. And I'm sure that he'll do a relatively decent job. I just don't see his son playing in the pros. I just don't. I just don't see Bronny playing in the pros. Bronny's best move would be to stay at USC for four years, get his college degree, and be able to live a relatively decent lifestyle without having to depend on his dad. I'd rather see that for him than fail miserably at trying to play with his dad. That's my thoughts. What are yours? I mentioned YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, like, share, and comment. If you are listening to this on Spotify or wherever you're getting this podcast, if you're listening to this on Spotify, please leave a review. I like reviews. Reviews are nice. And regardless of where you're listening to this or watching this from, I would like to thank you for watching, for listening, for downloading, for donating, for doing everything you can. Your efforts are not going unnoticed, so thank you. And be prepared for more episodes, probably not nearly as lengthy or vitriolic as this one. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, take care and remember to include your closing tax as I wake my mouse back up. There we go. Thank you.